Classic little ambulance noise for your ears this week. Hello and welcome to Urgent Care. I'm Joel Kim Booster, and who am I looking at? Mitra Johari. Oh, looking hey, Mitra. <laughs> this is our podcast where we dispense advice to people who call and email us, and the advice is often pretty bad. <laughs> I think that's fair to say, yeah, that the advice that we give isn't good. Uh, why you ask? Because we're not professionals we're we're professional uh assholes professional idiots professional bitches professional sluts but professional therapists nope nay and so you can't get mad at us psychologists nay so you can't get mad at us professional psychiatrists Yes, actually. Yes. <laughs> so you can actually, if you, if we're giving you advice specific to your medication, then yeah, actually, you can get I, mad at us legally. I believe that if, that if you wanted a medication, one of us would probably wrestle it up for mm-hmm. you. <laughs> you want some Vyvanse? Just email urgentcarepod.gmail.com. <laughs> and of course, we'll the all of this is in jest so that we don't get in trouble with anyone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're not psychologists. We're not psychiatrists. We're not therapists. But we are here. Here to have fun. We're two podcasters in the prime of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> she laughs. She laughs. She laughs because uh, I'm 32 years old. To, um, think of, to think of this moment as the prime, the prime of our lives is <laughs> woof. Oh, it's an incredible joke. Almost as good as the spider's joke. <laughs> Still running off the fumes from a spider's joke that I told you weeks and weeks ago. Oh, um, it's the only laugh. I, it's the only laugh I've gotten. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of laughs going on on this pod recently. Huh? No, that's no. I meant no, like no, 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 a, no. just like a joke that's written. I know, I know. I'm trying. Okay, I'm trying to write little bits and bobs for you. <laughs> write more stand up for me. <laughs> <laughs> Joel! <laughs> I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> Joel, I have yes. a question for you. Okay. So shoot. one of our listeners wrote in and was like, you guys should do Rosebud and Thorn instead of how are you? Because how are you mm-hmm. sends you into an existential crisis. Sure. And here's the thing. I think that's the like a very corny thing. But here's also the other thing is that I think it sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> I saw this email, l- deliberately ignored it because I knew that you would see it and would bring it up on the pod. And here we are. You did. So did. tell us, tell me a little bit more about how to play this game. So Rose, okay. <laughs> I forget. <laughs> I think, I think. Okay. It's uh, you know what here okay and whatever this? whatever it is whatever it is you think that's what it is that's exactly I don't care what about I was going to say is that yeah. we don't uh, in true fashion of the show but I do think this is right so rose is something good that happened bud is something good that might or will happen okay. and thorn is the thing that's bad and okay. again I don't care if that is right okay. <laughs> okay, and great. Dana I saw you make a face and I think it's wrong is it wrong. And don't tell us the way that it's wrong, if it is wrong. I don't know if it's wrong, but I guess I've only done it as Rose and Thorn, and that's it. I've never done it. Yeah, the bud, the bud is a little strange to me, too. But if, you saying, <laughs> if you're saying bud, then we got to do bud. Bud was in the email. Okay. So okay. I'm honoring that without knowing what it is. So I guess I'm okay. really not honoring it. I'm more desecrating it, I think. But. Okay, great. Okay. Um, and since I'm making us do this, Joel, you should go first. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. And it's just like the week since last week. I think so. And then, uh, you know, who cares? No one knows if we're lying. Or okay. Not. <laughs> yeah. So I guess my rose is uh, today I drove 30 minutes to a, a faraway target so that I'd have something to do. Um, I, it's one of the greatest joys of my life is to go to Target for no reason. I um, love that. 
And that was um that was really fun for me. And and I'll say this, like even including this as a part of the 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 rows is that um in line, I was checking out and the woman in front of me, the what the cashier asked her, she was like, Do you want a bag? And this woman, without skipping a beat, just said, What do you think? And I and without like involuntarily because it's been so long since i've witnessed an act of rudeness <laughs> in public that brazen and so long i went <gasps> 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 and the woman turned around and sort of gave me a look and i i didn't i didn't have anything to say and so that's the definitely the rose the thorn is when i it was my turn to step up to the cashier and i said and the cashier asked me she said do you want a bag and i said and I thought I gave her like a look and a tone that suggested that this was a joke. But I said, what do you think? <laughs> she, I think she just felt abused. Um, and she just thought another person was being mean to her. She just thought another person was being mean to her. And I didn't really know a way out of that situation. And I would say the bud um, for me is sort of the burgeoning friendship I have with that cashier, that connection. <laughs> So sort of like oh my God. a promise of something, you know, in the future for me. So wow. that was a pretty big deal for what me did today. You, what did you get at Target? Um, I got chips and salsa. I got candy. I got protein bars. I got seltzer. I got, um, what else did I get? Pasta sauce. Did you get any like dumb clothes or whatever? No, you know, I didn't have the strength to go. I don't know why I said dumb. I have a lot of clothes that I love from Target. Yeah, I didn't have the strength to go through those any other aisle but the the grocery store aisle because I wasn't even planning on going to Target. To be truthful, I with you, I just sort of drove until I saw the Target and I decided <laughs> uh, sort of to go rogue and I wanted candy. So I went and got candy and chips and salsa and protein bars from the Target and it was a delight. Last time I went to Target was pre- quarantine and I ended up with six candles <laughs> and I, I okay, still have so your rose that's my rose my bud is that I am almost out of the candles love to get more candles and my thorn is that I'm almost out of candles <laughs> and I'm sticking perfect. with that <laughs> perfect absolutely perfect um, and that's okay. You know what? I think that's beautiful. I think that's a beautiful way um, to start the episode. We've got some updates. Do you want to listen to some updates? Is that what we should transition now into? I'd love these that. updates. Yes. We've got is unless you wanted to say something else other than your candles, but I'm sort of like sensing a vibe from you that like candles is all you have to offer us this week. I, I think I'm in such a dark place that candles is the best I can do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. And we don't want to we don't want to upset anybody further. I know I've seen chatter on the boards that we are, quote unquote, spiraling further and further (laughs) every week on this podcast. (laughs) And um, I I certainly don't want to upset anyone further by continuing to spiral by talking about our lives and how depressed we are. So. um, (laughs) So, yeah, I guess my life is candles. I hope you're fucking happy. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay with everybody. That Mitra's life is just candles that we've sort of watered down her entire life experience to candles. Where. <laughs> That's going to have to be okay. Um, let's hear those okay. updates. Let's listen to this first update. This is, um. wait, before you do it, because again, oh, yes, from the boards. We, we, we get in trouble now. <laughs> yeah, this is, um, this is from um, the young lady uh, who was dating um, someone who um, had recently came out as trans and changed their name to her brother's name and she was wondering if that was weird and we sort of read her the riot act and said um that it was not like she shouldn't she should decenter herself from the center of the fucking universe and maybe this person just liked the name whatever um and so we've got a little update on that situation um and i can't wait for you guys to hear it hey this is (laughs) harry puss the spy um i called (laughs) in about finding out my dad's um, employee was a queer wrestler. Uh, I'm calling in with an update, but it's not actually about my question. It's about Luigi He's question, who is my girlfriend of two years. Um, I am also the one who said, producer Dana sit on my face, which I'm a little sad she didn't respond to, but that's okay. <laughs> um, my girlfriend Luigi is 
unwilling to call in and give more details, but everyone agrees that you guys shouldn't have rested her because <laughs> her brother's name is unique. I'm going to tell you what it is, but you can bleep it out. It's um, they dated for two weeks and then he changed his name to and then um, I'm trying to make this quick. His new girlfriend's uh, Instagram username is like almost the exact same thing as Luigi He's Instagram username, which is also weird. She also got a dog that has like the same name as our dog. It's very close <laughs> in names, and it's not a. His name. Her name. Her dog's name is. Um, and um, I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, and then he had a class with my roommate last year, and he went up to her and was like, "Oh, you know Luigi He? She's one of my best friends. Her ex boyfriend said this." They hadn't hung out in over a year. That's weird, right? Tell me it's weird. Tell me it's weird. Anyway, um, thank you, Dana, giving you an opportunity to respond. Um, put on my face. Uh, this is Harry Puss the Spy. Also, if you're curious, my dad knew that his employee was a queer wrestler. He said everyone in the office knew it was not a secret. Um, uh, my pronouns are they, them. Thanks. So, Next first of all, people. would you like... What? Okay. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to step on that uh, <laughs> outro from um, them. But, um, okay. So, first off, Dana, would you like to respond to Harry Puss the Spy? And just know you don't have to. If you yeah. don't want to. <laughs> I mean, they honestly, like, I say... Yes. <laughs> okay. And that's and that's appropriate. So um this is a this is a good update. Um so I guess like what we're we've come to learn here is uh, I would like to uh, personally apologize to Luigi for roasting her. Um unfortunately they should she should have given us these details to begin with, I want to say, and I also want to yes. say that I guess trans people can be fucking weirdos too. And that is what <laughs> we've learned sort of from the context of this call is that um yes, they can be psycho too. And, Normal until proven crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and we're sorry for for judging Luigi's situation uh, unfairly. It does sound like this person is a little psycho. Um, <laughs> I mean, so. we're gonna bleep out all the names, but I would just want to say they are really similar. <laughs> and the, the best friend thing is crazy. <laughs> the, best, the best friend thing is crazy. The dog's name is crazy. the The brother's name, I will say, it is an unusual name. Um, that like, I if it were that alone, I would still sort of stand by our roasting of Luigi, but um, all of this other stuff combined with that does make it, does paint a very clear picture that this yes. person is deranged. Um, and I think liking, um, liking and like, it's it, yeah, I agree with Joel We're we were right given the information that we have. So I think yeah. we can agree that everyone in this situation is right, except for um, the person who is stalking you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that so sorry um but not sorry at the same time and i'm sorry not sorry vibes sorry not sorry vibes (laughs) title of app okay um we've got another update we really are spiraling out more yeah we are we are we are are. and we're trying and i'm gonna be upfront with you guys i took a shot um before we started recording but between recording our episode of bonus care this week and while mitra was going to the bathroom i took a shot um, just to try and lighten things up a little Is that bit. Real? I'm starting to feel it. Yeah, that's real. Of what? Of uh, tequila. Should I have a white claw? <laughs> yeah, get a white claw, girl. Okay, I'll be right back. Wait, I'll, okay. I'll wait. Oh wait, actually, I, let me see. If, never mind. Let's keep going. Okay, <laughs> let's do this, and then we'll we'll take a break after this before we get into the calls, and you can get a white claw. I just got um, so excited. To have so a this white is claw. from this is from. There's something about Harry, um, uh, and this was our gentleman who was a, a bi guy who was a little bit larger and was feeling um, a little not great about himself. And we got a lot of responses about this call, and um, this is him responding to those responses, I guess. So let's listen to that. Hey, Joel and Mitra and Mitra and Joel. This is There's Something About Harry calling in with an update. Uh, first off, I just wanted to say that I love the nickname. I'm not offended by it, as y'all worried. Uh, and I really, really appreciate the advice you guys had for me. You know, I uh, already had a therapist, but their role for me was always just kind of as a sort of someone to vent to. They never, uh, 
never really broached body image stuff with them. And now that I've started doing that, it's been great. Mm. Um, I've also kind of started following people who look like me more on Instagram and I guess just sort of focusing on seeing myself better represented. It's, uh, and it's been great. Um, as for the update y'all had about my call, um, I was blown away to hear about the response, you know, um, it was certainly unexpected and definitely an ego boost for me. Uh, you know, work has been crazy in these COVID times and, um, yeah, it was such a great pick me up. Um, for being the first urgent care love connection, I'd be, uh, pretty nervous about being catfish, but, uh, <laughs> It would be fun, especially since I've laid out all my insecurities on the call that that's accounted for, I guess, going forward. So um, I will uh, send an email now. Uh, I don't want to say it on the uh, line, but I'll send you all an email now, and uh, we can get going on that, I guess. Uh, love you. Bye-bye. Okay. Wow. wow. I didn't, I- I missed the email. I'll have to look for that now and um, figure out how we can be, we can set up a love connection. Certainly for, um, so there's something about Harry. Can't wait to do that. Mitra and I have been asked to officiate a wedding. Already. We have. It um, just happened this week. <laughs> and um, we're very excited about that. And we're excited to officiate a wedding that we had a part in sort of um, uh, uh, starting the relationship. So we're excited <laughs> to do that and um yeah so before we jump into these calls mitra is gonna go we're gonna take a break mitra is gonna go grab a white claw and then <laughs> we're gonna really dive in um in uh, an altered state and see how bad the advice can, can get in that way. yeah okay we'll be back bye and we're back and we're back, and Mitra does have a little tangerine white claw in her hand. I have um, one sip. I'm blacking out, baby. She's blacked <laughs> out. I can't wait. Let's dive into these calls, see what we can get done in this state. Hi, Joel and Mitra. Mitra and Joel. Mitra and Joel. Joel and Mitra. I am calling because I recently moved in with new roommates, and for the most part, they're lovely, except for this one thing that <laughs> is so disgusting and that I've never dealt with roommates before. Um, my roommates burp so loud on purpose and find it so funny. It is so loud. I cannot, like, tell you how much air comes out of their bodies. It is really incredible. And to be honest, it is kind of funny. Um, (laughs) and I would like to either let them know how disgusting I think it is or just embrace it. But unfortunately, um, my body cannot make those sounds. I have tried. It does not work. I don't know how they do it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, what is your advice? It's so <laughs> gross, but I feel so left out. Oh, also, they've all known each other for years and I recently met them. So they've got like an established, um, thing, I guess, an established burping thing. Um, and I'm just a newcomer, so that does add an extra layer of something. Um, but yeah, what should I do? Um, Joel, Washington, D.C. is as fucked up as you say it is, but if y'all are ever here, you're invited to come sit on my face. So thank you. Bye. Wait, am I invited or just Joel? Uh, yeah, she like said y'all. So I she said it... y'all, which is you okay. all. Okay. I- she was, I think, I don't remember ever saying Washington, D.C. was fucked up. I just remember saying it has a bad gay scene, which I think everyone who knows about D.C. knows is true. Um, so what should we call this wonderful caller? Um, I am, I, this is what all Hall of Fame call for me. Yeah. <laughs> I knew you'd love this one. Um, I think like, so there's Wyatt Earp. Sure. I think Winona Burp. Wyatt Earp. What is who is that? Wyatt Earp is like a famous cowboy, right? Oh, I, I don't know, but I believe you. Yeah, Wyatt Earp. Wait, I don't. I don't I know cowboy culture. No, no, no. I just don't know. I truly couldn't tell you one single cowboy. 
Wyatt Earp is a lawman, I guess is what I'm seeing. (laughs) I love the police. I love the police. Uh, He's an Old West lawman and gambler in Cochise County, Arizona territory. So anyways, um, I think Winona Burp is... (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Is sort of... Right on, right, sort of perfect for this person. I love. Um, I mean, it sounds like a real, a real name, and I love that. Winona Burp. Um, okay. <laughs> Introducing Winona, Winona Burp. Burp. <laughs> <laughs> Meet next week with a name change. <laughs> I can't believe my name's not Winona Burp. <laughs> okay, okay. So, Winona what do you think? Burp. What do you think this person should do? I have an idea. I want to just first say that I do have sympathy for this because my sister and I both have huge, disgusting burps and my little brother can't burp really. And it was like a big thing because my sister and I thought it was really funny and it was a huge part of our childhoods and my brother couldn't. And my thing is just like, you got to find something else that you're good at, babe. (laughs) I think, no, I think this is a perfect bonding opportunity. I think you get them to teach you, you sit them down and you say, I need to learn how to do this. And then it becomes like sort of like ingratiating into their culture, ingratiating yourself into their culture and you can try and do that. Or you bring like a giant fart to the table. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny (laughs) because here's the thing. I don't think you're going to get them to stop and you'll feel Mm -hmm. like you'll be the, you'll be such an arc if you try and get them to stop. It's so lame if you try and get them to stop. Yeah. I don't even think that's a part of her question. Yeah. I don't even think. But I think she was like, should I like, like, like she's feel it's like gross, and she's like, I, but I'm like, I don't think like if there was ever a part of you that's like, do I ask them to stop burping? The answer is no, is no absolutely not. <laughs> Here's what I think you can do if you want them to stop burping: is you do the first part of the equation of my advice, which is to get them to teach you, and then as you're trying to burp, you just throw up all over yourself. Can I just say you- I just burped a little bit? Did you hear it? <laughs> just all this talk of burps made me. Made I me couldn't hear bit. it. But okay. I got to say, um, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I'm proud of you for other reasons because you have not yet burped. But I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I am proud of you. Um, I think that um, you just have to find your loud thing. <laughs> Every time they burp, you bang on the pot really hard. <laughs> or you scream. You scream every time they burp. Yeah. <laughs> or, or you do something like really like like you should like train them like you would a dog like something pavlovian where it's like every time they burp you set something in the house on fire so they associate burping with fire with fire that's really (laughs) well i think like combining that that i think is like every time they burp you throw up all over the place is Mm -hmm. a really good deterrent um or maybe it just becomes your thing and you and then like suddenly again you're a part of the group is like (laughs) it would be so sweet to see you sort of try to burp and every time you do you just go could you could you do like a Ooh. ranking system? Like that's your way of getting involved where it's like you ha- you bake, you make a series of cards one to ten. And every time there's a big burp, you give it a ranking. I love that. Make I it a game. I love that. Yes. And, Gamify and you're, it. You're the burp judge. And mm-hmm. none of the – and that's like not their thing. You are the burp judge. Mm-hmm. Like you have a crown and ten pieces of paper where you judge the burps. Yes. And you scream out. You hear it from the – they're burping in the living room. You're in the bathroom. And every – even every – anytime you can hear it, you scream out – 9.7! <laughs> that's Eight. fun. Yeah, right? that's so fun. I think that's it. I think that's the advice. Winona <laughs> Burp, I hope we helped you. Winona <laughs> <laughs> Burp, I think um, gamifying it is the key we've, we've discovered. Okay. Um, let's move on. Um, I think um, I would like you to read this email from this guest. This I would guest love that. That we've brought on. Hi, Joel and Mitra, Mitra and Joel. Nope, Love you. wrong. Okay. Scroll back oh, up. Sorry. <laughs> Hi, Dana, Mitra and Joel and Joel and Mitra and Dana. So I will say that is also, so we, we acknowledge Dana, we see Dana, but that is technically me still winning that one. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. I felt that. Basically, I dated this guy for two years, probably the first person I've dated that I actually truly loved. After our breakup, we never actually stopped talking. We'd FaceTime each other like three times a day to just talk. And before we went to sleep, we'd FaceTime for like hours. After doing this for over a year, he truly became my most important friendship. Whoa. But 
he decided to ruin that for me by being racist. When the George Floyd protest started happening, we were getting in arguments about it because his dad is a cop, like an important decision-making one. And at one point I told him that his dad was a useless and pathetic man. Then he started saying some truly racist stuff about black-on-black crime and had some wild opinions about ICE. So I stopped talking to him. I'm Mexican and all my friends are mostly people of color, so I guess he knew not to express his racist ideals before this, so it really did come as a shock that those are his opinions. I haven't talked to him since the George Floyd protests, but he's been snapping me slash Instagram messaging me slash texting me weekly. Mostly funny stuff, like not to say, sorry, I just felt like I needed to defend my dad or or some other bullshit. It's mostly just him trying to move on the fact that I know he's racist. I haven't blocked him because I know one of his biggest insecurities is any type of rejection, so I know it's driving him crazy that I'm not responding. Do you guys think I should stop doing this to him for being racist by exploiting his insecurities and just block him? Thanks. Love you guys so much. Whoa. This is heavy. Yeah. This is a heavy one. Um, And so (laughs) to honor the heaviness of this, we obviously have to give her an amazing name. (laughs) (laughs) Um, let's see. Block party. Oh, I love um, that. Okay, that's a good. That's a good start. That's a good start. Obviously okay. not. We're, that's not disrespectful enough. Um. No. 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 Um. Block party because this person used to have her heart. <laughs> Make it a little worse. Block party. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Block party. Um. Uh. Block, block the vote. Um, <laughs> uh, I think block Hardy is it. Unfortunately, yes, it's we'll be going with that. Block Hardy, which is it's no Winona burp. It's not but... <laughs> Winona burp, but it is a little worse, and in that way, more disrespectful to her. So ultimately, think... was the goal with which we it set out. It does the math, yeah. Right, we, we it's all balanced out. Um, this Here, really I'll, I'll also say I edited. They, they this was a much longer email um, that we had to cut a little bit down, and there was some stuff in here where they were sort of like they wanted to continue to do this um, in order to sort of like bait him and torture him a little bit more, which ultimately I did not feel like it, that. That is what was going on with that, which. Um, I just here's the thing. I think you just have to cut off ties with this person. I really do. I don't think that this is edit this is not helpful to you. Um I, I just think that it's like I uh, I don't think anything positive is coming out of this situation. Like now that you know what you know, you clearly want nothing to do with this person, and I think you can mourn losing someone that you cared about, but I don't know. Like for me, finding out about this kind of stuff, it's like, I mean, it's been a long time since I have had an experience like this really since like high school. I think when I was really learning what it meant and like truly understanding like the different ways that people can be racist and what racism is and like identifying it in my own life. Like I had someone (laughs) in high school just turn to me like we've been friends all through high school and he just turned to me and was like, it's just so weird. Like, my dad says that, like, Middle Eastern people are all bad, but I really like you. And I was like, oh, thank you. And like, but it, it was this moment where it was like, this person, it, I, this reminded me of that because it was like, obviously a much less heightened version, but it was like a person that I had, like, been friends with. And then all of a sudden I was just like, oh, my God. Wow. So you're a racist person. Mm-hmm. How sad that you're not my friend anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and like... But it, but those situations are are really confusing and jarring. And I think what's I think also what's going on here is that like this person is sort of framing all of this as like, haha, I have the upper hand. I'm torturing him by not block, just outright blocking him. But I think what it's what a part of this is going on is that like you do sort of want to 
keep this person in your life because he was an important fixture in your life for so long. And I think you're lying to yourself a little bit by saying that like, oh, by me, like, you know, viewing all his snaps and taking screenshots of his snaps to, to let him know that I'm reading them, but I'm not responding to them. That's torturing him is in fact, like just allowing you to stay in his life or allowing you to keep him in your orbit a little bit more because that's a safer way. That's just, that feels safe for you. And I think that like, ultimately, if you really want to move on, if you really want to like, just start fresh and like, cut this person out because they're toxic if that's what you really think about them then you do need to block them because i don't think that like viewing keeping even if it's a one-sided communication open is helpful to you i think it's it's not and you need to stop giving this person that much real estate in your life and your day even if it's like in a sort of i i want to say first that like nothing about it really sounds uh, that empowering to me Mm -mm. of like continuing to engage and i think the most empowering thing you can do is like take back your time and take back your energy Mm -hmm. and not give the even if it's because even if you're giving someone your energy in a way that you think is hurting them you are still giving Mm -hmm. this bad person your energy preach you have to in this situation i really think it sounds like you need to cut this person off you're you're not even talking to this person Mm -hmm. so Make it official, babe. And she and she framed it in the email as like, "Aren't I? I'm torturing him, and that's revenge. And and you know, is there other ways that I can get revenge on him? And ultimately, like, don't give him the satisfaction of knowing that you are even looking at his snaps out of revenge. Because I guarantee you, he's not. He's he's grateful. He's grateful that ultimately that you're looking at all of this stuff. He's, he yes. might be hurt that you're not responding to it, but the biggest, the only way that you can really actually hurt this person is by cutting him off entirely and then just being done with it. Yes. And clearly he doesn't think that you hate him because he's still sending you fucking memes. Yeah. It's not working. So it's not working, babe. Get out of there. Get out. I, I don't think anything good's going to happen. You're not going to teach him anything by screenshotting snaps and not replying. It's not working now. It's not working later. So value your time and your energy more than his. Moving on to the next email. I'll read this one. Joel and Mitra. Mitra and Joel. I have been with my wife for over a decade since we were both in our early 20s. I'm bi, but regardless of who I was with, my sex life was pretty vanilla prior to her. She's into BDSM and is very dominant, and I found I enjoyed being her sub. She also helped me explore my own deep-seated weight gain and fat fetish. She was unwilling to actually gain weight, but we would role play, which I found fulfilling. My wife was remaining thin our entire relationship until this year. With all that's going on, she gained a substantial amount of weight. I'm in incredibly turned on by it, but she absolutely hates it. And even though we stopped weight gain role playing because it made her uncomfortable after she actually gained the weight, she still feels uncomfortable having any kind of sex due to her weight. And after years of very active sex life, it has slowed to a crawl. I understand she is likely depressed and I am outwardly very supportive and have encouraged her to try better help or join me when I work out, but I can't help feeling resentful. There have been times over the years that I felt frustrated by the fact that I feel like she has dozens of sex things and I only have two things sleeping with guys and my fat fetish neither of which are ever really addressed while all her needs are but i'd always tell myself it was fair because we're monogamous and i wouldn't want her to sleep with other people either so guys are off the table and i respect my wife's control over her own body and what it looks like but now that she's fat and she's still denying me my fetish it's really bothering me i have been incredibly willing to explore her every sexual desire, and now that she's accidentally stumbled into one of my major fetishes, she's entirely unwilling to explore it at all, even to the point of just regularly having vanilla sex with me while she is overweight. Am I a terrible person for being upset with her, or do I have a legitimate gripe? Do I dare bring this up to her, or do I just keep supporting her through this difficult time and keep my mouth and dick shut? Love you both. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of a reverse shallow howl situation going on. Um... So sh- sort of a um, shallow smell. God. No, oh god, oh god, cut it out. <laughs> we can't let that. We can't let that air. We can't. We can't let it air slow to a crawl. Well, I was um, about to say shallow howl, and then I remember that's what it's called. <laughs> spiral, spiral, spiral. <laughs> Shallow how? More like shallow how. 
um, um, shallow <laughs> gain on me instead oh. of rain on me. Rain on me, rain on me, rain on me. I mean, does it have to be shallow mal now? I think it might have to be shallow mal. Shallow mal. Which I regret, but unfortunately, the lawyers from Earwolf slash Pure for Men just said it had to be shallow. They're right. They already wrote up the paperwork. And it's unfortunate, but your name is Shallow Mal. Um, this is tough. This is a tough one. Um, and I would like to know what you think. Other than, gosh, I wish Wit had this fetish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you hear me knocking on the... God, I wish... Ding, ding, ding. I wish Wit had this fetish. It's true. Um, and I'm not going to... I'm not, I'm not saying whether what fetishes wit does or does not have on the yeah. podcast, unfortunately. For the it's not your place, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think, like, the the key of this to me is that she feels bad about her body right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is just not something that you... I mean, obviously, you are her partner and you have the... Like, you play a role in whether or not she feels attractive, but... You say that she is probably depressed and that she feels really, really bad about herself. So I think it and it and a great deal of that insecurity is coming from her weight gain. So while it's something that is very erotic and sexy to you, it is not something that makes her feel good about herself. So I think like there is a world in which she gets really into it and you guys can have this together but the way the way you described it it just sounds like you guys are on two completely different pages about like what this means for her and your like and enter in your sex life well and i get that you're frustrated that she has quote a lot of sex things that you have really sort of been roped into and that you only have these two sleeping with guys and you're fat fetish. But here's the thing. What, what I'm missing from that is like, is are you doing anything that you don't, that you aren't also into, you know? And like that, it would be one thing if you're sort of like setting aside your own needs to sort of fulfill her sexual fetishes and she's not willing to do the same. Cause there is like, there is a certain amount of like, you know, we're each giving a little bit, to this, you know, we're each sort of, you know, a, giving space for each other's wants and needs. And I do think that you need to maybe if you, you have this resentment building, you need to talk about it with her mm-hmm. at least. And, and 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 not to the point of like saying, like, it's my way or the highway. We need to have sex now while you're fat because I want to. But like you do need to sort of voice this frustration before it becomes too much. And so whether or not it's a legitimate gripe, I, I don't know if we have enough information to to know I if it is or not. I just like. I think you said it yourself and it sounds like you and your wife are incredibly communicative and into satisfying each other's needs and all that. But it, as you mentioned, it is a really dark, horrible time. And I think like most people that I talk to right now do not have a great sex drive at the moment. Like I think that is like a normal thing. And it's like not, you know, it, it's, not it's also normal that you have one but it's like i can't fault anybody for not being like down to fuck or not feeling hot right now like i think a lot like i know that i personally am not like feeling hot 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 right now and like i i think a lot of people especially like looking at zoom all day it's like people's body dysmorphia is insane through the roof right right now yeah mine is i'm like so sick of like truly i'm just like replace it all baby like, yeah. at this point and i think like you have to try your best as this person's partner and i can tell that you i i think you are allowed to feel the feelings that you have about wanting to explore this fat fetish with your wife but you also 
have to make space for her feelings, which are feeling depressed and unattractive. Yeah. And, and it might those, not even be entirely be because she's feeling fat. Like she, she could be depressed about a lot of things and she might still be fat after she's not depressed. You know, completely. like I think what, if you, the best, the best thing that you can do right now, if you want to fuck is make her feel as good as possible without mm-hmm. bringing in your fetish to it. Like yes. that's, I think ultimately the, if your best chance at having sex with this woman right now is making her feel good about herself on her terms. And then, you know, if you, if she happens to be at a weight right now that you find sexy vis-a-vis your fetish, then, you know, mazel. But otherwise, like you can't, I, I would not bring that into play right now necessarily because I don't think it's going to make her feel better and I don't think it's going to um, get you what you want which is sex with your beautiful partner and I think it's all this big soup it's like it's you can't just pick one thing to deal with it's like you can't deal with the fat fetish without dealing with the weight gain without dealing with the feelings about the weight gain without dealing with the depression without dealing with the way things are and like that's really hard it's it's like I mean every everyone's lives are really hard right now, but I, I get, you know, you, it seems like you guys had a real sort of system where specific needs were being met in a way that they're not being met now. And I think you just have to be able to compromise and it's really hard sometimes, especially right now. Like, I think it's hard to probably for a lot of people to be on the same page with their partners regarding sex drive right now. It's like, I mean, Yeah, I I don't think it's yeah, I think you need to reframe it in your mind a little bit. I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, she's not willing to get on board with your fetishes as much as she's not really willing to get on board with sex right now. And like because she's depressed and it might have something to do with her body. But like, I don't think that like it's really it's a really tough ask. Like, I don't know what the end game is right now well i think that call from there's something about harry where he was like people fetishize this thing about myself that i i have my own thing about and it's like i think i mean i don't know i'm not gonna say like listen to a past episode but that like it's it's it can it's not sometimes fun to have something fetishized that you yourself don't find attractive yeah for some people it might help them gain confidence about that thing, but you can't make somebody love something that you want them to love. Yeah. So, yeah, I think the best case thing for you to do is just to make her feel really good and really safe and really sexy on her terms right now. And Mm -hmm. hopefully that will lead to fulfilling sex for both of you. But I don't think um, it is something that you bringing up to her is going to be especially helpful to either of you right now. I actually think um, if this came up to me, I would have an amazing reaction. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, we're going to take another break. And then when we come back, we've got just another call and another email, you know, and then we'll be and then we'll be. Finished. Then we'll be stomp the musical. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you bitch. We'll be back. And we're back with the final two pieces of the puzzle that we call this week's episode of Virgin Care. Dana, (laughs) Dana, reach into that bag and pull out that email or the voicemail. Rather, I'm feeling the shot. Ooh, goosey goosey. Hi, Mitra and Joel, Joel and Mitra. I love you both so much. Um, I did take an Ambien before calling because I do need to go to bed. But I figured, (laughs) why not call? When you take it, Abby. Um, so I live in New York City right now. Before I lived in uh, a small town in Massachusetts where I grew up, and I was on the gay apps, and I slept with one of my neighbors who's like like three years younger than me. I knew him from high school, but he was like very closeted. Important part. Oh, story. Uh, so slept with him. Then I found his brother on the gay apps as well, and he was also very closeted. And I was like, ah, "This will be very funny to me in my life." So I was like, "I'm going to sleep with him too." And so I did, because you know why not? And now 
they both message me on my DMs like all the time and they both in the past week have told me that they want to come out to everybody um, because they want to be in a relationship with me and I'm like um what <laughs> I live like four hours away from you um, and I'm not really interested in either and I do feel bad because I did use them for like a joke of my life oh. as like a bit and now I feel bad. Okay, well, how do I tell them not to come out for me? Just to come out, just to, just to feel better, but not for me. Don't do it for me. Okay, this is so long. Well, goodbye. I love you both so much. Bye. <laughs> wow. I wish that um, we would like we would have re- removed the beginning of the call and then we would have had to guess at the end which caller was on ambient (laughs) (laughs) oh fun little next time we will next time we will do that and we'll make it uh, we'll make it some sort of contest um (laughs) with a prize of some sort Um, six candles from target (laughs) six six almost you almost completely used candles from target (laughs) is the prize um okay so we've got two brothers um um. Oh wait. Okay, I have to look up the real thing. Okay, the brothers Kaslamazov. <laughs> <laughs> wait, what is the real thing? The brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky. Oh, okay. See, I was going with like a Brothers Grimm sort of thing, and I was going to mm-hmm. say, you know what I was going to say. The Brothers Him. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the, I like the, uh, yours is more unexpected, which is the, what, say it again. The Brothers Kaslamazov. The Brothers Kaslamazov. I honestly, here's the thing though, is that it needs to be the Brothers Him with two M's. With, with two M's. Okay. So it is the Brothers Him um, with two M's. <laughs> <laughs> um, much to the, uh, uh, you know, Disdain uh, disappointment. of our listeners. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They hate it. I can hear them groaning all over the country right now. All over the <laughs> fucking world, I can hear them groaning. So here's the thing about this. Um, I completely relate to doing something for the bit, obviously. <laughs> obviously, I understand that. But here's my question. Because, like, there's a lot of... there's Okay, so you slept with these two brothers independently from one another and now sometime later they're in your dms telling you they want to be in a relationship with you there's something you're leaving out from this what have you been saying to them in your dms that they're now coming to you because i don't think i think you like they they didn't just like after one time sleeping with you now suddenly come to your dms and say i want to come out for you and be in a relationship with you. Like, what have you been saying that has been leading them in this direction? Because I do not believe that you are completely blameless in this. I well, do believe that too. something has been going on in the DMs that has led them this, down this path. Right. Because it's like, I would get it if maybe like one person was like so blown away by like hooking up that they would consider coming out for you. But two, could it be that good? I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> I mean, I with love, know. maybe it is. I mean, maybe, maybe the dick's so good they want to come out and love you forever. <laughs> that's that's your anthem. Um, but uh, I don't know. Um, I have to imagine that not two people completely falling in love after one fuck. Yes. So. With that being said, without knowing exactly what you did to bring this upon yourself, because I am blaming you. I am blaming (laughs) you in this situation, the brothers, him. Um, (laughs) You have to be careful. This is such a delicate situation. Like, you did this as a bit, and now you are entangled in this, and you have to take some responsibility, unfortunately. It is a little fable-esque. Yeah, it is. You did some, you tripped in, you traipsed into the wood for a bit, and now you have a curse upon you that you have to address, and you have to be careful. And I think, like, the one thing that you can start with is you can be honest about sleeping with both of them. I think that will completely disabuse them of any notion of your being some great love to them. I think that will completely turn them off to you um, in a huge way um, is by starting there. 
Okay, so it's complicated, though, because it's, like, uh, like you should be, like, well, do you have any siblings? Maybe you could come out to your siblings. And then they come out to each other. Yes. That way you're not outing them. And then you group DM everyone and you go, I fuck both of you. Discuss. <laughs> <laughs> And then they have you. They have come out on their own terms, but you still get to you still get to be messy and cause drama. Yes, I I love that. But like, unfortunately, you've sort of become uh, you you've become responsible for their for them in a huge way, uh, and and you've done that. I want to be very clear here. You <laughs> have done that, um, and now you're responsible, and so you have to tread lightly. Um, I do think getting them, tricking them into coming out to each other is sort of the very first step that you have to do. Um, yes. Is like, maybe you come out to your brother first. You know, just test the waters a little bit. Like, see how mm-hmm. that goes. Like, pick a family member at random and then come out to that person. And then, yes, be messy. Yeah, maybe a trusted sibling who's also a boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have three other brothers. Um, they're all gay. Oh, which of my 18 brothers should I? And then you have to go fuck all of the 18 yes. brothers. And that's also, that's your next chapter in the fairy tale book. It is very Goldilocks in a, in a sense, in that way. They're, like, you're just sort of going from bed to bed. If there's a third brother, you will yeah. marry that brother. Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> right. Um, um, question for you, Joel. Have you mm-hmm. seen the movie The Brothers Grimm? <laughs> I believe I have a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And does that have anything to do with this caller? Because it's the name. Okay. <laughs> Come for me. Um. <laughs> Literally just curious. I think there was a period of my life when I told people that was my favorite movie. No! <laughs> <laughs> and what about it was so entrancing to you, Mitra? I think just that Heath Ledger is hot. Yeah. I literally, I'm That's sure. Enough. I'm sure there That's was something enough. that I was like, it's amazing because it's this actually, but like I'm sure it no. was just who else is in that? It's is it is it Matt Damon? I believe scary. so. Oh god. I mean it was definitely Heath for me because I can't remember the other one. <laughs> well, all right. Well, I'm not gonna talk about this anymore, but I did I actually <laughs> I did it was Matt Damon. And Lena Hetty, isn't it? Great. Yeah, so if you, if anyone wants, uh, on the next episode of Bonus Care, I'll just be reading the IMTP trivia. <laughs> <laughs> and then I will be, of course, executed. Yeah. So download Stitcher Premium to hear me behead Mitra live <laughs> on the pod. Our final episode. <laughs> if I was killed live for our last Stitcher Premium. <laughs> slash urgent use code urgent for a free month to, to uh should we do our last call yeah i mean is there anything else for this guy that we want to say other than trick your trick them into coming out to each other and you owe them a um, lot i mean you definitely um should tell them not to that you're not interested in having these relationships with them you as yeah. soon as possible be forthcoming about that information so that they don't think that that will be a part of their coming out experience. Yes. Like don't give them the illusion that they're coming out and straight into your arms. That's yes. not very nice. So, no. uh, sorry to get so real. Um, let me, let me find another fact about the brothers Grimm to sort of <laughs> offset that. palate cleanse. Was there anything else you wanted to say? Mm, no, but I, I just think that you have a responsibility now. You've, you know the the bit is over and you got the bit and now you know you this it could end in tragedy or this could end in a, a fun tale for you to tell at dinner parties for the rest of their life but this is their lives this isn't a bit um so tread lightly whatever you do um fun fact matt damon and heath ledger were originally cast in different roles and they petitioned and switched roles for the movie oh my god <laughs> oh my god i hate this so much i hate it okay let's get to this last email actually i think this is one that you'll you can sort of spiritually relate to in a sense so why don't you read it okay wait scrolling okay <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Joel and Mitra. Mitra and Joel. Me first. For that, you're getting another another fact. 
Bob Weinstein personally fired cinematographer Nicola Piccarini. <laughs> and Robin Williams was originally cast in the film, but pulled out of the project. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a... Whenever Joel says something mean to me, I'm going to read it back to Bella Brothers Grimm. <laughs> well, I hope there's a lot more fucking facts. <laughs> Love you both and the pod, and I'm in need. I'm in urgent need of advice. I recently moved in with my younger sister. We're super close and have shared friends. Some of our friends are people she's made friends with over the years, and some are friends I've made. They're both of our friends, but it's always been clear whose friends are hers first. College roommates, high school friends, etc. I would never be making plans with her friends without her involvement in the planning, and then inviting her along afterwards or having a separate text chain with them without her. However, I feel like the boundary is less clear between her and quote my friends. I've made a lot of new friends in the past couple of years, and lately I've been feeling like my sister is trying to take over those friendships and become, quote, the primary friend. In particular, I have this one friend I became close with over the past year. In the past couple of months, however, my sister has been texting her a lot outside of our group chat, FaceTiming together sometimes, and they've been coming up with plans together that they then invite me to, but I wasn't involved in the planning of. This friend never does those things with me anymore. I can't help but feel hurt that I've been downgraded to the secondary status. My sister has this huge need to be liked, and I feel like she wants people who are originally my friends to like her more than me. It hurts that she succeeded with this friend. I really need some advice on how to handle this dynamic and stop it from ruining my closeness with my sister or other friendships. It's not like I can undo the friendship shift that's already happened with my friend and my sister, but I'm tired of feeling hurt and insecure. I hope this wasn't too long, and thanks so much in advance. Hmm... Hmm. Um, my sister, I'm thinking like my sister's keeper. Um, yeah. My sister's sister. Sister, sister. Um, Baden Switchster. Baden Switchster. You said it. You spoke it aloud. But I didn't mean to. In, in what way is this a bait and switch, though? I would like to in know. In no way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you really should think of something else. Okay, so she's downgraded, secondary status, second class sister, second class, um, second class sistism. Second class, that is perfect. Second class sistism is so fucking good. <laughs> so good. Yes. 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 Joel likes me again. <laughs> <laughs> Second class citizen. I love it. Um, so this is like, I feel like I don't know. I don't, I don't have this kind of relationship with my siblings. Um, and I've never, so I don't really know this dynamic very well. It seems to me like you can't have ownership over friendships like this, but at the no. same time, I'm very like sympathetic to what she's going through right now. Cause it sounds like her sister's a massive psycho if she's doing this deliberately. <laughs> I think that, I mean, the hard thing is that, like, it's not, like, chill to have a problem with this, but I do understand having a problem with this. Yes. Like, I can empathize with this, but but also probably give advice that isn't very fun with this, which is which that is. it's just something that happens. Like, people that you want to be close with are going to be closer with your sister, closer. Like, I live with my best friend and like there are people that she's closer with or I'm closer with or whatever. And like, it's nice that we, I, to me, it's like lovely that we share these friendships and like, I get to meet new people that I wouldn't have met before because of her. And the same thing was with my sister. But the thing that can be frustrating is like someone might bond with someone more than me. And the, the thing is like, you don't own these people. And like, if yeah. they have a better connection or a deeper bond, then there's nothing you can really do about that. And you can't, well, and, and the more you try to control it, the more difficult it will be to be around you. And I gotta say, I, I feel like there's, she's like delineated some rules here where it's like, I don't necessarily think you should go out of your way to do this to your sister with one of her friends, but I definitely think you need to stop considering these like weird rules around like who's each other's friends. Cause as you grow older, this, I, I don't know how old this, this, this letter writer is, yeah. but this definitely but feels like a younger college. person. This, this definitely feels like a younger person's problem because I feel like. The, as you get older, like these rules about who's each other, who's whose friends sort of 
f- like sort of melt away. And it so it feels very school to me. Yes. And the world is so much bigger than that. And I think it probably feels heightened because we're in quarantine and it's like, well, I can't mm-hmm. make new, like a lot of new friends or like, it's harder to make new friends. So I got to really make account with the ones I do have, which like, but I, yeah, it's like your sister's friends are your friends. If you are yeah. hanging out with them, they are your friends. They are not her friends. She does not own those friends. <laughs> yes. They're people. And you listen, like this might be something like maybe she is doing this to hurt you. Is she? I don't know. That's something you need to talk about with your sister. Um, I don't think so. And I think that like if this is something that's really going to bother you, then like maybe you don't bring your friends around your sister or you like I, I don't know. Like, like that's the is- only thing I can think of that would actually like actionably like assist this person. And I think that will make your life so much sadder. So I think it's like to me, it's I think you can't like one one other huge part of this is that it is your sister and like you re- I regress with my sister like I I have mm. like my the best relationship of my life is with my sister but I I certainly have moments where I'm like why are you doing that and it's like I would never you like to your advantage you can talk to a sister if you're close with your sister which it sounds like you are you can talk to your sister in a way that you would never talk to anyone else <laughs> yes. and you can really be like it's pissing me off that you're not putting me on text chains with my fucking friend that I introduced you to. You need to start including me on the text chains when you make plans and don't invite me later because it makes me feel like an afterthought. And that's totally fine. Like you can say that in a nicer way or you can say it in an unhinged way because it's your sister and you can kind of go off. But I don't think that's weird. I think you can say like, it makes it sound like you don't actually care if I'm there or not. When you keep doing this, I want to be part of the conversations for making plans so that I feel like it matters if I'm there or not. And I don't think that's crazy. I yeah, because emotionally, funny. honestly, it sounds like you've already regressed a little bit. You know, it's like if you're taking this, if you're like viewing friendships like ownership like this, like my friends versus her friends, the primary friend versus the secondary friend is like. It's, it's like a very so, like best friend, second best friend vibes. Of, yeah. It just feels high school. And I think it I think if this was like a non-sister roommate, it would be kind of maybe a different situation. It would feel yes. less heightened. We're just with, I mean, any set of sister, like if you're close with your sister and especially if you're close in age, you're going to compare and you're going to like fight over stuff and real estate and space and all that. And you like, you really just like, if you're already going this far, why not take it a step farther and confront your sister? Yeah. <laughs> sort of Truly. where I'm at. And ultimately it. like you can't control, like if you're f- friends are choosing your sister in this way that you feel is a front and affront to you. Like you can't control that about your friends and like you can't, you can only control how you feel about it ultimately yeah. and, or how you react to it. You can't necessarily control how you feel about it. And I think like you just need to take a step back and realize that maybe your sister is better than you and more interesting <laughs> and more fun. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just but kidding. I, I truly, I'm like, if you, it's not productive for you to sit around feeling like shit and it's going to make you less fun around those friends that you're trying to win anyway. So like chances are your sister can already tell you're mad because your sister's slash best friend slash roommates. So you might as well just say that you're feeling bad, even if it feels stupid, because that's like, it's going to be such a relief. Like the, the amount of times that I've been like, I know this is stupid. I know this is stupid, but I feel like this and I just have to say it. And someone's been like, oh, my God, I had no idea. I will change my behavior immediately. And then done mm-hmm. that. It's like, oh, my God, I wish I just said this. Like I, half the time it's like with stuff like this, especially with like texting and making plans, people are just like, oh, whatever. We're, we'll just make the plans and we'll invite her. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like and then you say it and it's like, oh, OK, yeah, we'll make it a thread. So, so much that like it is like maybe your sister, maybe your sister and this other friend just don't see this as importantly as you do, you know, like being included on the thread. Like I certainly don't like, I'm so I'm not included on. I like what, what a joy to only be included at the most important part of the thread, which is the invite to the activity. Like once the activity is already planned, you don't have to be involved in any of that shit. It sounds great. And I really like being a part of that. So it's like, I, like I get this feeling, but I think what I have learned is that I have to say that I like that because not everybody is going to assume that I want to be included in those discussions. And it's like, 
I like it because it makes me feel like I'm part of it. And I like, I take joy in like make, like mm-hmm. putting together the plan or whatever, but you can't assume that everybody knows that you want that thing because it's not the kind of thing that everybody wants. Yeah. So I, and I think also in quarantine, it's, be, it's become so much easier to craft these narratives of like, I'm being excluded on purpose because people hate my fucking guts. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, we just didn't think that you would care. <laughs> and the end. I agree. There's not a whole lot you can do here. Sorry. Um, and the Brothers Grimm was shot entirely in the Czech Republic. Okay, I wasn't even mean to you. You <laughs> can't know. do it. You you set up your own rules and now you're breaking them. Listen, I gotta go. I'm tired of this shit. <laughs> Are you um, All right. That's the episode. This has been so exciting. What a great app. I feel like we didn't, we barely spiraled. Yeah. Um, we really held it together. And if you agree, then please like rate and review us five stars on iTunes. Please. Seriously. Please. Seriously. If you want us to stop spiraling, <laughs> that's the way to do it, babes. <laughs> and if you want to call, you can call us at 323-334-0371 or email at urgentcarepod at gmail.com. Keep it as short as you can. Keep it specific. Send us updates. We love those. Voicemails are given priority often. So that's sort of a cool trick. But honestly, do whatever. You listen to the pod. You know that we use both. (laughs) (laughs) And I will be, um, as soon as this is over, I will begin work on the Brothers Grimm (laughs) 2. The Sisters Grimm. (laughs) Oh, my God. I can't wait. Who's starring in that? That will be um, me and Patty. <laughs> Beautiful. And then, of course, you will be in the Lena Headey role. Yes, obviously. But don't include me in the text chain until all the movie plans are set. And we will be shooting in the confirmed. Czech Republic. <laughs> so you can Honestly, just book that ticket. Get me out of here. I'm just gonna. Yeah, I'm just gonna book Delta from here to Czech Republic. Yeah. Great. You can just pick a day. That's when we'll shoot. Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. Perfect. Um, love you, Dana. Love you, Dana. Love you, Ryan, RIP. Love you, Colin. Love you, July. Love you, everyone at Earwolf. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. And the Brothers Grimm at the time was Dimension Film's most expensive project. <laughs> Stop! Cut! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>